Hello, anyone and everyone. Welcome to episode number 21 of the Nomadic Flex podcast. Today we will be talking about sensory priming. You know that sensation you get when you're going to an amusement park and you're first close enough to hear the excited screams of passengers whipping by on the roller coasters? Your heart rate increases and your palms sweat a little bit. Your throat becomes dry and you instantly anticipate the fun that you will experience over the next few hours. Or maybe it's the sensation of walking into a home and smelling a delicious meal being prepared in the oven. Your tummy may grumble slightly because now you're looking forward to that meal. This phenom is called sensory priming and we will learn today how it can affect us negatively and also how we can use it to our advantage. Everything we see, smell, touch, hear, and taste is sensory input. With that input, our impatient brains immediately jump to conclusions. The same way a dog sees the leash in your hand and now expects a walk. Humans like to create mental shortcuts, or better yet, assumptions. It is an expected outcome based on previous experience. Quite literally, it's how we evolve. If someone is an ex-smoker, no matter the duration, if they see or even smell a cigarette, the impulse to light one up increases exponentially. If someone was raised eating junk food and has never had a positive experience with exercise, it will take a lot of time and dedication to rewire those neurological pathways. In the same sense, if you have had success and enjoyment from exercise, continuation of the practice is easier to manage. Sensory priming is happening almost every waking second. It affects everyone, but you have the choice to listen or not. Use sensory priming to your advantage. If someone were to ask me, what's the best way to create order amongst my chaotic life? I would say one word, routine. I have routines or standard operating procedures, as I like to call them, for almost everything. My morning productivity, my pre-workout, bedtime, and even the structure of me writing this podcast is based on optimizing my sensory priming. Here are my four steps. Condition yourself, create routine, track progress, and implement discipline. I have about a 20-minute priming session before almost all of my workouts including, but not limited to, five minutes of daily news, apple cider vinegar with beet juice, stretch, stretch, flex, and balance routine, all the way down to the way I tie my shoes, it is consistent. By the end of my warm-up, not only is my body ready for intense physical activity, but my mind is also prepared and focused. This is all because I've primed my senses to have a good relationship with exercise. Sure, it may hurt and not always be fun from time to time, but this is one of the challenges that is essential to overcome. I have conditioned my brain and body to look forward to exercise as a way to improve my quality of life. My morning routine is based on mindfulness and productivity. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm already thinking about how I can do both of those things every day. There is a caveat to this though. That caveat, that caveat is motivation is fickle and you must rely on discipline to implement routine. 
I know I don't like the feel. I know I don't feel like lifting weights or doing burpees every day. And if I had to guess, I would say nobody likes to do difficult things every day. But by creating a routine, you not only improve adherence to the program, but you also condition yourself to become reliant on it. Here's the bad things about sensory priming, the negative. Every marketing and advertising company implements this. Use caution. Movie theaters prime your hunger by wafting that buttered popcorn smell through the whole theater. If you have gotten popcorn there before, your body and mind now expect it. Billboards use pictures of delicious food to entice you to be hungrier. Commercials use sounds of crisp bacon sizzling in the pan to persuade you to gobble down a Baconator. Corporations capitalize on weak minds and lack of discipline. Do not be a sheep. Instead, make a choice to create a positive relationship with healthy food and exercise. Use your discipline to deny giving in to temptation. The temptation to buy it just because it's on sale. The temptation to eat just because it's cheap and tastes good. The temptation to watch one more episode of that show because you identify with those actors. Discipline is the key factor in all good qualities. It will spread to all aspects of your life. Here's my, my, uh, my bedtime protocol, and it's how to condition yourself to be tired. No screens 20 to 30 minutes before bed. The blue light stimulates your brain too much and can make it difficult to fall asleep. Stretch and meditate. Focusing on breathing and mindfulness will aid in your brain's ability to slow down, i.e. stop thinking. And then I journal or I read depending on how much I've done either of those things that day. And this is my alternative to my screen addiction because I definitely do have one. Do enough so that you are tired. Try doing some push-ups or squats five minutes before bed. If that doesn't work, maybe you need to do enough to elicit sleep. When you lay down at the end of the day and your head hits that pillow, you want to be tired enough to just go, uh, and cash out. So do more during your day. Get up earlier so you can get to bed on time and you can keep that routine and build that habit. Schedule out your priority tasks for the next day. Keep it next to your bed. When you wake up, you will feel obligated to complete those tasks. This is a good thing. I got that one from Tim Ferriss. He makes a checklist of the priority tasks that you should complete the next day and you do it the night before. So when you wake up, your mind's already on it. Do not fall prey to how your body feels right now. If something hurts, try to fix it. If you don't know how to fix it, ask someone who does. There is always another level to your performance. Do not accept where you are right now. Instead, implement routines, habits, and tactics that yield positive results. Fine-tune them to your schedule, and you have now optimized your senses. And that's, that's my take on sensory priming. 
make everything a process and work on perfecting that process. And I have a I have a story here that shows this method pretty well. It's from the book Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. This book catalogs the tactics, routines, and habits of world-class performers. So here we go to the book. I have always been a very type A, so a friend of mine got me into cycling when I was living in LA. I lived right on the beach in Santa Monica, where there's this great bike path in the sand that goes for, I think, 25 miles. I'd get onto the bike path and I would go head down and push it, just red-faced huffing all the way, pushing it as hard as I could. I would go all the way down to one end of the bike path and back, then head home. I'd set my little timer when doing this. I noticed I was always 43 minutes. That's what it took me to go as fast as I could on that bike path. But I noticed that over time, I was starting to feel less psyched about going on the bike path because mentally, when I would think of it, I would feel like pain and hard work. So then I thought, you know, it's not cool for me to associate negative stuff with going on a bike ride. Why don't I just chill? For once, I'm going to go on the same bike ride and I'm not going to be a complete snail. Or I'm going to be a complete snail. I'll go at half my normal pace. I got on my bike and it was pleasant. I went on the same bike ride and I noticed that I was standing up. I was looking around more. I looked into the ocean. I saw that there were these dolphins jumping into the ocean. I went down to Marina del Rey took my turning point and I noticed in Marina del Rey that there was a pelican flying above me. I looked up. I was like, hey, a pelican. Any shit in my mouth. <laughs> so, so the point is, I had such a nice time. It was purely pleasant. There was no red face. There was no huffing. And when I got back to my usual stopping place, I looked at my watch and it said 45 minutes. I thought, how the hell could that have been 45 minutes as opposed to my usual 43? There's no way, but it was right. 45 minutes. That was a profound lesson that changed the way I approached my life ever since. We could do the math, but whatever 93% of my huffing and puffing and all that red face and all that stress was only for an extra two minutes. It was basically for nothing. So for life... I think of all this maximization, getting the maximum dollar out of everything, the maximum out of every second, the maximum out of every minute. You don't need to stress about any of this stuff, honestly. That's been my approach ever since. I do things, but I stop before anything gets stressful. You notice this internal, ah, that's my cue. I treat that like physical pain. What am I doing? I just need to stop doing the thing that hurts. What is that? And it usually means I'm pushing too hard or doing things that I don't really want to be doing. And so that's the, that's the story from the book um, where Tim is interviewing a gentleman by the name of Derek Silvers. Uh, he's a philosophy king, philosophy king programmer, master teacher, and a merry prankster. And he's a good friend of Tim Ferriss and... Um, he had a lot of interesting information in this book. I do recommend you buy this book. I do recommend you read this book. And the, the, he perfected that process of riding the bike path. 
His body was was so adjusted to the work output needed to complete the path in 43 minutes. But by doing so, he created a negative association with exercise and no longer looked forward to doing it. But it turns out he could have had a way more enjoyable experience if he stayed on a pace and enjoyed the views. He is now exponentially more likely to stave off burnout and fatigue. And one one last quote I'll, uh, I'll leave you all with today. People who avoid criticism fail. It is constructive criticism we need to avoid, not criticism in all forms. And that is by Tim Ferriss. It's the start of the week, so take some time, effort, and energy and invest it into yourself. I got two questions for you. What are three strengths you have and how could you work to broaden or reinforce those strengths? What are three weaknesses you have and how can you work to minimize or eliminate those weaknesses? That is all. Thank you. Thank you so much as always for tuning in to the Nomadic Flex podcast. If you'd like to find me on social media, I am at Nomadic Flex on Instagram. That is N-O-M-A-D-I-C and then Flex, F-L-E-X. This has been Isaiah, and I'll see you all on the next episode. Out.